Hi, it's Pam. It's time to Pammy's Chit Chat Podcast, so let's get to it. Let's chat. Today, I have a guest. We have someone with us today you're going to enjoy, I believe. Her name is Eileen Lashinsky, and she has a story to tell. And I want you to sit back, relax, whether you're in your car, your home, whatever, and enjoy the podcast today while we in South Florida are enjoying lovely weather. And we're not going to worry about anything else today, but we're just going to chat. Isn't that right, Eileen? That is absolutely correct. Now, your your business is Fine Body Freedom? Yes, it that, is. I love that name. Yes, thank you. Deliberately chosen because I needed to find body freedom. I think that's a, a very brilliant title. Now, you actually changed the name, though. I it had been something else. Oh, it had been two other things. Okay. It had been the Gateway Group, and that's a long story, and then it became Body Sense. And then when I moved to South Florida three years ago and decided to uh, embrace this as a online business and an in-person business here in South Florida, I felt the need for rebranding. So Find Body Freedom resonated not only with me, but with people, with women in particular, who wanted to change their relationship with their bodies and find freedom. I think your timing could not be better right now, today. In this, in this particular year, where you have the Me Too movement, where you have women embracing themselves in a way like never before. However, I mean, it's, to me, it's reflected even when you go into stores, where you see real mannequins. You see mannequins the size of real people. That's so exciting. It's very encouraging. Yes. It absolutely is. Yes. However, uh, there's a lot of work to be done. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but that, to me, Pam, is an understatement. Right. Yes, there's so much work still to be done. Now, you are strictly online, or do you have in-person consultations? I have in-person consultations. Tell us a little bit about how that works. Well, I I can do uh, the Find Body Freedom modular program either online or in-person with a group of people, for example, from South Florida, or with individuals who hire me as their coach to find body freedom. And it can work in, um, well, I'll give you two examples. Okay. It can work in a way where people will say to me, I want to see you once a week, or I want to see you twice a month, and we will contract for that kind of service. Then I also have something that I think can be extraordinarily helpful to people who have maybe some anxiety about handling uh, the stuff of their lives all by themselves Mm -hmm. regarding their body image, weight, and eating issues. They can um, choose to purchase um, a number of hours of Uh, coaching with me and then they get to decide how to divide it up 20 minute sessions 40 minute sessions 60 minute sessions and the beauty of this is that once I get notification either email text or uh, a phone call that they would like a session I will call them back within 24 hours and we will meet 
within 24 oh, hours. Oh, that's great. It is. What I, I, in researching you, I do a lot of research, Good. of course. Um, one thing that uh, struck me was your history in social work. You have a very deep background of really dealing. It's not like you just jumped into this overnight and said, hey, this is kind of a, a movement I need to get into. Correct. You have been doing this for some time in a very profound way. Yes, thank you for that. Close to 30 years, and um, one, and maybe we'll get into this at some point because of my own history with these issues, but also uh, when I, way back when, uh, first formulated the program in 1992, and I said to myself, Eileen, you know, uh, you've got something here but you really need an underpinning of concrete training to work with women who, because this is not just the problem, the problem of their body image, their weight, their relationship with food. This is the stuff of their lives. And I wanted training. So at 43, I went back to school, uh, Boston University School of Social Work, and I got my MSW and things took off from there, both my uh, psychotherapy practice and um, what's now Find Body Freedom. Right. When it comes to food, do you, how much input do you have actually with food recommendations or suggestions for, for women? Uh, do you go that deep or, or is it just you're helping them on this path of making their own decisions, and I, I think from what I read, that's kind of what it is. But uh, do they need that? Do they need that extra confidence of, here's what I think I, how I want my diet to go, or my food intake to go? What do you feel about that? You well, know? I think that's a wonderful, wonderful question. And there was this moment in time, and I talk about this epiphany that I had, um, where, um, and I'll cut to the chase here, where I recognized that I am the expert on my body. Mm -hmm. Not yeah. the diet industry, not the exercise industry. I am the expert on my body. I truly embraced the idea that the innate wisdom that all of us have with our bodies or in our bodies will tell us uh, what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat. In other words, we were born knowing how to eat. And if anyone out there has ever seen an infant indicate to mom that she's hungry, we know True. we were born knowing how True. to eat. Yeah. And we also know that that same infant is going to tell mom, I'm done, I've had enough for now. <laughs> because that baby's going to turn away, push away breast or bottle, or fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And so we were born knowing how to eat. And within that means I'm, I know, and you know, and we all know, really, when to eat, what to eat, how much to eat. So it starts from um, the client. And my food choices... Um, I'm sure overlap in specifics with uh, other people's food mm -hmm. cho choices, 
But the point is, there might be some things that I wouldn't touch that you love mm -hmm. because it's just my taste buds right. don't sing. Right. And that's the starting place. Now, if a client told me every morning I wake up and I know I must have five donuts, that's another discussion <laughs> to right. have. That's another hmm. discussion altogether. <laughs> I think I like that person now. <laughs> uh, how, what differences uh, are you seeing, or, or do you, uh, in location? Does geography play into it, where you have, you're living in a warm weather climate, where people wear nothing, where they wear nothing many times. That's very you're not you're not kidding. Uh, does that has that impacted you, or because everyone can reach you online and and you're really global, as it were, uh, and actually international. It, good for you. Thank you. Uh, does does have you seen that change uh, for you as a professional. Well, I've seen it for me as a professional, and I've seen it for me as an individual woman. Um, it's interesting. Explain that. Okay. I think that's a really good, good, good analogy. Thank there. you, thank you. Um, before we moved to Florida, my husband and I lived uh, for 19 years in Plattsburgh, New York, uh, on the shores of Lake Champlain, an hour south of Montreal, God's country, beautiful and unbelievably cold mm -hmm. for five, seven months out of the year. Maybe that's an exaggeration, maybe not. But anyway, the point is people bundled up mm -hmm. um, and I bundled up and I still have desires for cowl neck sweaters and my you know, down parker mm -hmm. uh, and three and a half inch uh, boots right. that I would wear all the time. Yeah that I can't anymore, but here's the point. Um, I uh, see just a lot of uh, very thin women, uh, women that in some moments I wonder, is this someone possibly who uh, has an eating disturbance right. or an eating disorder? Yeah. And in part, what drives that uh, uh, thought or that question is because this is a warm weather client, uh, climate, we can't wear um, lots of layers, right. although there are people who do. Yeah. Um, but the point is, uh, it lends itself to, I think, you tell me what you think, more of a focus on the thin body ideal, more of a focus on the body, because there isn't, there aren't layers to I was going to say, and I will say, hide behind, mm -hmm. but there aren't layers to surround ourselves with so that people's focus isn't, other people's focus isn't so much on what I look like. Right. And it is here. Um, how involved personally do you get with your clients, I mean, because of the, the nature of your business and people are sharing with you the intimate details of their life. They have to in order for you to help them. I agree with you. So how difficult is that for you as a professional to divorce yourself as a professional from diving too deeply into their issues and taking those on at yourself and drawing the line between the... the caring professional and going too far if 
they don't take your advice, for example. And if you sense that they are not listening, they're not hearing you with your advice. Is that an issue for you at all? Well, there are a couple. Firstly, it's a, another wonderful question. And I am uh, a firm believer in boundaries and limits. Mm -hmm. And that I have my limits, my clients have limits, and we need to establish boundaries. Now, what does that mean specifically? I cannot and have learned not to take personally the fact that uh, clients don't necessarily take my advice or all of my advice, my recommendations. It's their life. Right. It's not my life. Right. And who am I to say that just like I learned that I'm the expert in my body, well, maybe my advice is not uh, truly appropriate for them, or I haven't quite hit the mark yet. They're going to tell me. They're going to tell me directly. Those are the ones that make my life easy. The ones who are a little more challenging are the ones who you know that they're not doing as they say they're mm -hmm. going to do. But that, again, is another opportunity to be able to address something's up here, we're not uh, connecting on this particular point. How can we do a better job? Because I want you to achieve your own definition of success from our work together. Do you ever give up on someone? No. Oh, that's good to hear. No. Because I think it would be very challenging to kind of not when you get to that breaking point with someone who they just will not uh, come to the to the meeting place with you. They, they, yeah. they do not engage in it fully. Right. Uh, I, so. I say I don't give up. But in all honesty, Pam, it's not to say that uh, clients haven't left their work with me because um, uh, there are... Thank goodness, so many people who really want to break through mm -hmm. this issue or these issues with their body, with their weight, and with their relationship with food right. because they're women and they don't want to be so hyper-focused on that and lose the joy of other aspects of their lives. But there are also um, clients, and unfortunately a number of them, and I'm not just speaking for me, I'm talking statistically, don't mm -hmm. ask me for a number, okay. um, but who don't have the wherewithal to stick with it, mm -hmm. who really find it too challenging. You know, you talk about uh, going too much in depth. They don't want to, and that's okay. That's their choice. Mm -hmm. It's their journey. Yes, their journey, well put. And I don't push people to go, well, I might push a little bit, yeah. but I don't force people to go beyond what's comfortable for them. You use a term, if I'm not mistaken, mindful eating. Yes, mindful eating. Talk about eating, that a little bit. Mindful eating is also a term um, that's used somewhat interchangeably with intuitive eating. And that is based on that, um, what I said earlier, about we were born knowing how to eat. And it basically says, if I am paying attention, my body is going to tell me when I'm hungry. It's going to send me signals. For me, for example, 
it starts with a little baby, I call it my little hole, <laughs> that is in around, right around my belly button. Right. And it grows bigger and bigger as the minutes go on. If I pay attention to it, I'm going to feed myself. I'm going to feed myself. When that hole gets big enough to uh, get my attention, and I do, if I don't, then, and I know because I used to live my life like this, I'm going to get ravenous. Mm -hmm. And I'm, when I get ravenous, and when most of us get ravenous, we eat double or triple the amount of food and calories than if we had fed ourselves in an appropriate time frame. And my look at this is, I used to, not, not really, but I used to feel that I could eat out an entire supermarket, take the food into my mouth without even unwrapping it, and swallow without chewing because I was that hungry. We should never, ever, ever allow ourselves to get that hungry. And to me, that's a form of abuse, body abuse, our abusing our own bodies. Mindful eating says, I pay attention to the early signals that say, oh, Eileen, it might be time to have lunch in, a, in just a little bit. And so that then I can start preparing a lunch or go out for, uh, to, to a, a restaurant to eat. Um, that kind of a thing. Do you think in dealing with your clients that lifestyle, and I'm sure I know the answer to this already, but plays into that because your women are so busy. Their, their lives are rich and full. That's and one way of putting yes, it. Yes, Stressed and overtaxed yes, is another exactly. way. Exactly. And so eating becomes sort of a secondary thing, a catch-as-catch-can. And so you get to the point maybe of, going too far with not eating your lunch right. or your breakfast until you are ravenous and exactly. then that happens. So and then you're stopping at Dunkin' Donuts right. and, and you're shoveling you're your donuts. You're getting in. those munchkins. Exactly. Do you have levels of success? In other words, steps that, uh, okay, your clients get here and so you get a little extra pat on the back or something because you have achieved your goal, your personal goal. Do you, is that something that you do with your clients where they know after their so many sessions or hours or minutes or whatever that they're going to go on, they're going to feel good to go, to go on with you because I'm here, I've started here and now I'm here and I have these tangible things that I can look at like my little list that check, check, check. Check, do you that. do that at and all? And that works for you. And for those clients... Oh, no, I'm not saying it works for me. <laughs> no, but I'm talking that, about having yeah, a list. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, that works for me. I like a list. Right. I like to be able to say at the end of the day, this is what I have achieved. Right. Not everybody's like that. No, that's true. So the I just wondered if that was part of your, your regime for them. It can be. Okay, it can be. But I'm not going to impose that on someone who just is not going to um, uh, work in that particular way. Right. What I do have, though, is a modular program that we can pick and choose from that is very concrete with um, checklists and stories and activity sheets 
and journal exercises that get people to... Yeah, that's sort of the same thing. Yes, levels of success. To explore. Right. And their confidence rises, not just because, oh, I ate mindfully during lunch today, which is great, but they get a chance to say, look at me, I'm able to dive into the issue. Why do I eat when I'm not hungry? It's not necessarily all about my being stressed um, or over spread too thin. It's more than that. And if that is an issue for these women, then they feel successful because they've been able to tap into that, pull it apart, look at it, and say, I don't want to do that anymore. And that is kudos for them. Yeah. And I'm always giving pats on the back. Yeah, that's important. Uh, You know, I have to ask this question. Uh, You focus on on women, but many men have these issues too. I know. Does that, uh, is that part of anything you do? Or is it just exclusively women? No. No, I have to say the majority of people who are interested in my services are women. Right. Because women are interested in weight, eating, and body image mm-hmm. issues. Right. Um, but I've worked with um, many men uh, over the years who have had actually uh, varying degrees of eating disorders. And You just uh, don't think about that a whole lot, do you, about men and eating disorders? And it's growing, unfortunately. Is it? Particularly, Why? Well, because, uh, again, um, it's amazing how the culture trickles down to all segments of the population, all ages, and uh, also, um, uh, in particular, there are a lot of young boys, young men, who are in particular sports where there's mm-hmm. a weight uh, specification, and so they have to diet down to do that, throws their bodies off. Um, there are lots of men who, um, you, you know, some people use alcohol and drugs, mm-hmm. some people use food, mm-hmm. some men use food to calm and right. soothe themselves, right. and so they're in the throes of um, emotional and actual physical overeating. And uh, it's in some ways the same and in some ways different. Right. And I work with the differences and use the similarities. How has social media impacted, and, and how do you work that into what you do? Because, and the reason I bring that up is because it's, it's rather huge. In that, you see people post photos on Instagram, and you know, I'm on all of that, uh, Facebook, so forth. And naturally, they're filtered, they're photoshopped, airbrushed, they are perfection, and no one really can achieve that, but it's out there. And I think more and more people are becoming aware of it, but in posting makeup-free, or this is how I really look, this is really me in the mornings, but still, it's a big, big part of everyone's lives. I agree. And do you, how do you deal with that, or do you, with your clients? Yes, um, yes, and actually, particularly in the body image module, there are lots of opportunities for clients to work individually with me one-on-one, or to do the journaling and the exercises and to read the stories and react to how they feel about this regarding exactly what you're saying, how does social media impact my life um, 
when I see something, even though I know it's airbrushed and photoshopped, yeah. but then I go to look at myself in the mirror, yeah. and there yeah. is just such a mm -hmm. disconnect there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yes, Absolutely. it's very much, it has to be very much a part of the program because it is so pervasive, right. so ubiquitous. I think one thing that's, that is a good sign, uh, I believe, socially is we're moving a little bit away from women bashing women. That is something that has been, I think, very, very difficult for women forever, for a very long time. But I think women are now becoming more aware how important it is to lift each other up and support each other, no matter what it is. If you're a young mother with your worries or you're in retirement or whatever it is, to lift us up and not drag us down. Not, you know, when you see something, compliment. I compliment strangers all the time. If I think you're beautiful, I'm going to tell you. Exactly. And people can look at you funny like, mm. But it's important. It is so important to lift each other up. And the movement for that, is, it's growing. It's still not good. And, and evidence of that is the recent Harry Meghan uh, UK tour where I read a lot and um, they're bashed. And it's really very, very sad. I hate to see that, criticize her. But that's another, that's another podcast. I talk about that actually quite a bit on my podcast. I do want to drill down just a little bit into you personally. But I agree with you. Oh, okay. Please I, say I, what I, you I, want. No, I just yeah. have to say... I really do think that there is a growing trend of women supporting women. And there's more than just lip service about we're a sisterhood. Yeah. We're a family. Yeah. We, yeah. we, I mean, look at 51%, at least 51% of the population of this country is women. Yeah. I mean, we don't realize the power we have as a united front. And that power could just simply be bringing it back to find body freedom. I'm not buying into this anymore, yeah, right. that I have to be perfect. Right. So Because no one is, or ever will be. Well, it's it's uh, National Women's History Month, yes. marches. So that has been very positive for me to see so much impact. Uh, going back to the 19th Amendment and, and thinking about the suffragettes and what they went through and really honoring them for that, that's the, that's the theme this year. Yes. And so, so critical, so important. But I do want to get into you just a little bit personally. I did read that you are an early riser. Is that true? I am. Are you crazy? No, I, no. you know what? No, I'm joking. I, I, it's my I'm circadian joking. rhythms. I, I get up early as well. What so time I'm, do I'm you just get? joking. Um, well, with the time change now, seven, but six. Yes, yeah, I I'm, I'm up anywhere between, um, and again, this is my body, not the alarm clock. I haven't used yeah, me the either. alarm clock yeah. in, what, 15 years yeah. at least? Um, 4.30 to 6, anywhere in there, because, again, I'm talking now time change right. also. Yeah. It, I wake up, what are you going to do? You're awake. Exactly. And my body also tells me, it's time to go to sleep. To go to bed. Now you are a walker or a run. You're a walker, right? I'm a walk. I'm a, uh, my husband and I power walk five, six days a week. That's wonderful. And I also belong to a gym, and I take uh, Zumba classes. That I sing, I dance. I am in heaven. I mean, talk about a mood lifter. Yeah. Um, and I do that, and also uh, work in in uh, in groups with women 
um, using weights and steps and, you know, all of those other kinds of gym equipment. Before I get to my final question for the podcast, is there anything else that we have not covered? Uh, I want to, for you to say how to reach you, the best way to reach you and all of that. But is there anything that you want to say that we haven't covered? Well, I, I would like to say that all of this um, has come from a personal history for me of being an overweight child. Um, by the time I was five, in today's society, I would have been considered obese. I was put on diet pills in the fourth grade. I was shamed about my eating behaviors and the size of my body. And those things left scars for me that carried through until I was in my mid to late 30s. And I went back and forth with the societal stuff of every diet known to womankind um, to uh, compulsively overeating. And again, in, with to, in today's world, I would have been considered having anorexic behaviors and um, also uh, binge eating behaviors. So my point in saying this is, I know the pain of this. I know the struggle of this. Been there, done that, so to speak. And what I can honestly and truly say, I'm on the other side of it now. And I have found a very loving relationship with my body. Um, I'm five feet tall. I will never be a supermodel, one, because of my age, two, because of my height. I think you look fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. But my point is that um, I am at peace with not having the thin body ideal of today, Um, but I'm a true believer, and my program is one of its founding principles is Beauty comes in all shapes and sizes. Absolutely. And when you're comfortable in your skin, it radiates. Absolutely, it radiates. It does. Absolutely. How do people contact you? Okay. So, I have a website that people can reach me at. www.findbodyfreedom.com Easy enough. And um, they can also email me at... Eileen Lashinsky. You want to spell that for them? L. Well, I need to spell the whole uh, thing because right. Eileen is different. I L E N E L E S as in Sam H I N S as in Sam K Y at gmail.com. Okay. I have a really good friend named Eileen. Spells it just like you. Oh, wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful. All right. Uh, final question. Do you want people to find you on social media or they not? They can find me on okay. social media. Okay. Absolutely. Right. I think I'm on all of them. All right. And I say this because not my area of expertise, but I have, have a publicist who makes sure that I'm out there uh, regularly. So, um, yes. Also, are, are you still doing the live with Eileen? I am doing okay. live with Eileen okay. every Thursday. Okay. Uh, Eastern time from 1 to 1.30. All right. That yes. sounds great. And now, they're loaded with wonderful information and stories, and a lot of them, you know, people want to get to know me. Mm-hmm. 
go view a live because I share a lot about myself. That sounds great. Yes. Uh, now, your favorite restaurant when you go out to eat, or you can choose your favorite dinner to make at home. Um, well, I'm not the cook in the house. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, and I am blessed. Then, then your favorite meal to have. Okay, so I will tell you, it's not just about the food. It's about the location. Um, I love a lobster roll at the dive bar in Jupiter. Okay, yep. And it's just... That's a great location. It's beautiful mm -hmm. to it sit is. out yeah. there. The lobster roll itself is wonderful and I munch on some of my husband's french fries. I order coleslaw. Love it. So, Love that's it. that. Eileen, it's been a pleasure. Um, I wish you great success Thank with you. everything you, you do. I can see how you would be such a force for women. Thank you, Pam. And that has never been more needed, I don't think, than now. Thank you. Okay, everyone, that's it for today. Thanks for being here. You know how much I appreciate it. Be sure and visit our YouTube site. You know to go to the channel. Check out our videos. Go to our website, northpalmbeachlife.com. You know Gary's always up to something over there. I don't even know what it is today. So go check it out and then get back to me at pamintheq 561 at gmail. Dot com. You know I'll get back to you. See you on social media. If you want to meet up with me there, that's great. I appreciate you for being here. You know that. Thanks for listening and stay with me.